You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Yarrabosco Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, broadcasting from Naram, Melbourne, Australia. We're proud to acknowledge the Yurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now for the last hour of current affairs. Yarrabosco Users Group Radio, or weekly program on 3CR about bicycles, urban mobility, micromobility, getting around without a combustion engine. And on today's show, continuing on with uh, three summer specials that we've done, this is the second of three uh, shows we're putting on, and that was recorded at the uh, e-bike Q&A by Derebin Loves Bikes, held on December the 3rd, 2023. On today's program, you'll be listening to people discuss things about ongoing costs, Lots of questions about batteries, about carting kids, pets, shopping, different types of cargo bikes, and uh, lots of different things about rundown on styles of uh, different types of e-bikes, of folding mountain bikes. So listen in to the e-bike Q&A put on by Durban Loves Bikes. strategies are there? Are there things that you need to be concerned about with charging like you do with some cars or your phone as far as letting it discharge and getting to a certain percentage? Are there advantages to charging with it, the battery on the bike or off the bike? Can somebody give me some insight into charging? So the, the charges for e-bikes, they just plug into a normal wall socket, so you don't need like your specific infrastructure like you would need for a car. The battery is about one hundredth or even less of the size of an electric car battery, so that probably explains why you don't need that extra infrastructure. 
Charging generally done indoors. Best, most chargers are not designed for use outdoors, even though you might think it might be safer to have your bike outside if something goes wrong there, but unfortunately the charger is not designed for that. It doesn't really go well with the, humidity, the variation in humidity outside. Generally, batteries are well designed, especially the uh, of the sort of bigger brands to cope with charge and they will accept the charge and will stop charging when the battery is full. In some ways it's better to not charge your battery up to 100% all the time if you don't need the range, if you're just doing short distances, but because most chargers won't let you stop it automatically, you'll have to actually manually unplug it to stop charging. So that's not a big deal generally. If you think about the battery charging states, like the most stressful state for a battery is to be completely flat. So that's something that you want to try and avoid. Obviously, if you're on a long ride and you run out of battery, you can't help it. But then when you get back home, plug it in straight away. Don't let it sit completely flat for an extended period of time. And the sort of second most stressful state for a battery is when it's at 100% charge as well. So if you're storing your battery, don't store it at 100% charge for an extended period of time as well. Let it sort of somewhere in the middle is where the the battery cells are most happy basically in terms of long-term storage and, and longevity of how much capacity you can keep in the battery. So how about the time it takes to charge? So what size is that battery? Just this is a seven amp battery. So it's very small. It's very small in terms of uh, commercial batteries. And that's because being the expensive component and I looked at what I want to use my e-bike for, which is just running around the neighborhood. The 60 and 80% columns on reasons why people have submitted they are interested in the e-bike. To do errands, go to the library, go to the shops, uh, things like that. So I didn't want to have a lot of money invested in that. So this recharges from the lowest little bar on top uh, in about four hours. As the question, how do you charge it? You charge your e-battery exactly as per the manufacturer's instructions <laughs> with the manufacturer's supplied charger, no other charger. You can't use different voltage chargers uh, randomly, can't plug them in just because the plug, oh, the plug matches. You know, it's like, fine, that seems to work. Stick it in, away you go. No, they have, both the chargers and the batteries have tiny little onboard computers which regulate the charge and also check the balance of the charge between the individual little cells inside and that's really important to observe that. As you may be aware, you know, there's been some controversy around lithium batteries, some concern about their flammability. Most of the incidences are around incompatible charges with batteries, charging them in unsuitable situations in very hot conditions, wet conditions, electricity, even DC electricity and water do not mix. Keep those things separate. And also some quality batteries. So any commercially available battery generally will have these inbuilt safety issues with it. So uh, just observe that. And in the early days of e-bikes, they would say, bring it back, put it on the charger and leave it there. No longer. Once it's reached its you know, all row of greens or whatever indicates that it's fully charged, unplug it. If you're not going to be there to unplug it, put the whole, put the charger on a, on a, just an ordinary timer that will switch off after four or five hours. It's a really good way to make sure that you don't forget something. I charge in a laundry cupboard and I have in the past just completely forgot. 
God knows why, I might be getting old or something, but I doubt it. And forgot it was there and come back maybe a day later and thought, oh, I've left the charger on. So I'd now use a little timer that just switches it off after five, five hours or something. I just wheel it down through the side gate, around the back, put it in the shed at the end of the day, plug it in, and then the next morning unplug it and go out. I don't do all, I don't do the timer, I'm not aware of looking after the battery in its best possible way and it works fine. Worst thing that can happen is forget to charge it overnight and get to it the next morning and then the longest trip I do is once a week to South Melbourne from Reservoir. Fine to get there but then I've got an empty battery on the way home uphill but I found that it was very easy to take it into a bike shop and they had a compatible charger. I said, do you mind charging this? And they said, no worries. They plugged it in. I went and had a coffee. I came back about an hour and a half later. It was ready for me to ride home. Yeah. So. so do you travel with your charger then? Is it, is it like, like... You could. Yeah. It's very easy to travel with, but I don't. I leave it in the shed, which is why I got stuck in South Melbourne. <laughs> Did you know that Ripponlea Estate is recognised as a leading biodiversity hotspot within the city of Glenara? It is a haven for birds and other wildlife. Ripponlea Estate is now running bird spotting tours, providing an opportunity for the community to explore the beautiful 14 acres of gardens with a volunteer guide searching out the diverse family of birds that call Ripponlea home. Please visit ripponleaestate.com.au to view tour times and to book your tour. The National Trust of Australia is a 3CR supporter. So Tice did bring up a, the point about if, you, if, it's not gonna be a, if you're not going to be riding frequently, how fast does it discharge if it's sitting there? Does it lose? This is the beauty of lithium-ion technology. It doesn't discharge rapidly you could expect if you leave it off those two settings that Tyce mentioned either fully charged 100% or very low if you leave it somewhere in the mid-range you can confidently come back in several months and it will still retain something like 90% of that charge not like a car battery if you leave it in the corner it, it just leaches out the, so that's a, a great saving grace of, of these batteries is there much of an incidence of people having two batteries, so there's always a spare somewhere? If you're doing lots of riding, long rides, there's also some bikes that you can actually buy with two batteries installed on them. And so some systems, and they use them automatically, they swap oh. between using each battery. And Uber riders <laughs> have, a, have a garage full of batteries, it seems. Since we're talking about capacity, let's talk about range a bit. Can you guys give us an indication of kind of a min and max of what, uh, if you are fully charged, what type of ranges you see on the various bikes that are out there? My bike has a little window display and tells me what, first of all, how much extra oomph am I going to have? Is Am I going to ride in turbo or am I going to ride in eco mode? I have to admit that we always ride in turbo. So that may, and it, when you change between the different modes, it tells you about how many Ks you've got. So I think it's like 70 to 80 Ks on eco mode and more like 30 to 40 on turbo mode. That's our bike and that seems pretty accurate. It tells you how much range you've got left. There have been a few times where I've ridden up that hill from South Melbourne and realized, shit, I need to go to eco mode so that I can get home. And 
that's a lot better than riding without the battery, I've got to say. Yeah, the biggest thing that's going to impact the range is the size of your battery. So this tiny one is going to have a shorter range than something with a big tank on it. When you're looking at e-bikes to buy, the way we talk about it is that the amp hours is essentially the size of your fuel tank. So the amp hours of the battery is how much charge you've got to use, essentially. So I've got a 504 amp hour battery, which is pretty similar to what you're <laughs> Yeah, huge, because I was like, I was new to e-bikes, I was new in my job and I got a sweet discount on it. So I was like, I'm gonna buy the biggest battery I can. I've never needed that big a battery. But again- But you haven't run out and had to lug it around. Never run out and had to lug it around. And it means I get to run it in turbo the whole time and not be scared that I'm gonna have to pedal with no assistance. So one of the big manufacturers of e-bike systems, so the electronic system that they then sell to bike manufacturers is Bosch, that you might know from your washing machines, uh, automotive parts. They've actually got on their e-bike website, they've got a range calculator. So that lets you put in, obviously it's designed for Bosch bikes, but it will give you a pretty good idea also for an average e-bike. They let you put in your weight, the terrain that you're riding in, your battery capacity, the kind of motor that you've got on your bike, headwind or tailwind, it's got a lot of different variables and all of those variables impact how far you can actually get on your bike and based on that it will give you an estimate and that estimate is surprisingly accurate. They actually, that, that calculator is quite insightful so uh, to, to play around with a little bit. And then the final question around batteries, I guess, is there a way, and it sounds like there's a lot of indication that you see about range, etc. Is there a way for you to know your battery health? When do batteries, when do you start having to think about replacing batteries? It depends on the bike, like maybe the others can talk about the bikes that they're familiar with, but I know the bikes that we work with, and a lot of them are powered by Bosch. They've got a diagnostic software that you can plug in, like you would plug in your car at the dealer, and they can check battery health. Many other systems have got something similar, sometimes also through your smartphone app, you can test it, or through a battery capacity tester, which is a device that basically you charge up the battery fully, and it just empties the battery, and it just keeps track of how much energy actually it is able to extract from that battery to determine how much capacity that battery still has. I don't have anything fancy like that. My bike doesn't really even have a, a window display. It just has a little battery symbol on top with bars on it. And the same for the setting. So my colleagues are talking about what motive setting you might have it on. For me, I live in this municipality. It's pretty flat. I do 90% of my riding around here, and I rarely have the setting above level two. You know, most e-bikes have like settings from one to five. Five being turbo, and one or two being just what I call the flat earth setting. It just takes the hills, the headwinds, the load, all of those things away, and you just pedal at the same sort of rate, and you can pedal all day and not hurt yourself and not feel fed up and all of that sort of stuff. With one or two settings, my battery lasts, depends how often I ride it, but it's perfectly fine for all the local trips I do. Massive big battery like Jack had, I can only think touring cycling where that might be relevant. And don't forget you're, hunk, you're carrying around the extra weight and all of that kind of gear with it. You know, my personal preference for my needs is smaller, lighter, and I could charge it up. To that point, when I was using the e-bike pretty consistently, I charged it at the end of the week. So for my commute, it would last the week's ride, which was great. I only had to think about it one time a week, charge it up. In terms of battery health, a lot of the bigger manufacturers will give a warranty period on the battery and testing the health of it through these diagnostic tools 
a lot of the warranty periods are around two years for most of the bigger brands and thousand charge cycles, 500 charge cycles, yeah. And a charge cycle is from 100 to zero. If your battery discharges to 50%, you plug it in and charge it back up to 100, that's only half a charge cycle. For the warranty things, the expectation is that it will be 100% healthy for that amount of time. They talk about it in terms of it as a percentage of its original health as well. So for most of them, again, it's around 60% for that two year, 500 charge cycles. If it's still holding 60% of its, or more than 60%, like if it's lost 60% of its, or 40% of its total capacity in two years, there's something wrong with the battery and it's a warranty, you get a new one. Boobap Jazz. The Milky Way looks good in the night skies. The stars open a short for my dark eyes. Complex hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the set. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. I'm dreaming of the seven moons. Oh, I see what's new. So that's interesting though, I mean, I know with cars, I know the LEAP batteries are the ones that are kind of being tested now for, you know, with the longevity and they're performing much better than they had originally indicated. And I think some of the, the knock against going electric, there were concerns about price of replacing a battery and, and almost, you know, there were news headlines that it's going to cost as much as the car originally. They're finding that they aren't degrading as fast as they originally had had thought. And I know that home batteries have a warranty that's longer than that. So are there any indications that that's going to change? And maybe what you can give us an indication of the price to replace a battery if something should happen? I'm not sure about in terms of them reviewing the warranty period and that sort of thing. I do know that the only batteries that I've had to have replaced are ones that have been a warranty replacement or one that you remember those floods that we had in melbourne someone took their e-bike through one of those big puddles and just shorted the battery and it was toast and <laughs> did not work anymore they're the only ones that i've had to replace really or ones that have been damaged in other sort of situations for the most part i know that on the pedal are oh, probably more the electrics ones which run a bethane system pretty common system on entry-level e-bikes. Batteries range around the seven, 800 sort of range for the for a replacement battery, but I, I'm not sure on the Shimano and Bosch ones. For Bosch, the biggest capacity battery is about 1600. So that's a, yeah, it's a huge battery. It's also not cheap. I think it's from what we're hearing, it's unlikely that those warranty periods will be changing anytime soon. The, the thing with this is compared to a home battery and even a car battery, an e-bike battery is much more exposed and much more vulnerable because in a, even in a car, a battery is in a fixed spot. You can't get to it. It's not exposed to direct sunlight or any of that, whereas all of that might happen in an e-bike. So that obviously means that the risk of something going wrong over time due to the battery being used or being used incorrectly is much bigger and so that is a potential bigger risk for a manufacturer so i don't think that we'll see big extensions in that warranty period anytime soon compared to what cars and home batteries have and another thing to consider about uh, battery replacement is that 
by the time you need a replacement, they will be cheaper again than, than even now. Prices have started to shift downwards. As an overview, the charging cycle of these batteries, life of them is, is measured in number of charging cycles. So if you're only charging your bike once a month, you can expect upwards of five years out of that system, which is a pretty good thing. And by, in five years hence, the batteries will be more, probably more like a couple of hundred dollars to replace. And there's, there are very good quality generic batteries out there that are made with proper electronics and decent quality battery cells. Don't be too concerned about ongoing costs in that way. You'll, you'll get good life out of a battery and then when it is time to replace it, it'll be probably a third or less of the price that you're paying now. I notice that these days there's a growing trend of e-bike manufacturers to have batteries built into the frame somehow, which in my mind raises a danger that you know, in three years' time, the model will change and you won't be able to get a replacement battery. Is that sort of I'm with you, brother. I don't like those ones. No. <laughs> so much. There's, I think the bigger question is about standardisation and about long-term product support. This also varies with different manufacturers, and this is where some of the higher-end manufacturers, coming back to Bosch because I'm the most familiar with their systems and their policies, they've got a policy as a manufacturer of those components that says that once they stop selling a certain part to a bicycle manufacturer, they will continue to produce it for at least six years. At least, so they can choose to do it for longer, but they have got a commitment to say, once the last part leaves their factory to go to a bicycle manufacturer to build into a new bike, that six year clock will start. Um, so that's at least the time that they will produce it, then obviously that still means after that, even if they would stop producing after six years, they've produced parts that are gonna be in the supply chain for a while, um, but they may also decide to keep producing for longer because they know that there is a market for those replacements out there. Right now, for example, we can get replacement batteries for the Bosch system that was sold more than 10 or 12 years ago still, original replacement batteries. The integrated ones, some of the challenges with that is a lot of the integrated ones are bicycle manufacturer specific. They're not an e-bike system manufacturer battery. That always means it's gonna be more of an uncertain factor how long they're gonna be supported. It's a big question in the bicycle industry in general about you know what is the longevity of certain product with e-bikes in particular. It's one of the considerations when you're really looking to have an e-bike for a long time to say, okay, maybe invest in something that's a bit more expensive, but uses components from a well-known brand that's been out there for a long time, and it's going to continue to support that product for a long time as well. And you're indeed listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, broadcasting from Naram, Melbourne, Australia. And it's going to go into the final part of uh, the e-bike Q&A put on by Derebin Loves Bikes that was at Preston Library on uh, Sunday the 3rd of December 2023. I think a lot of the reason that people go with e-bikes is because they have to cart kids or they want to use it for shopping. Uh, I know I use my push bike for shopping. I have three baskets and I've broken two frame, two, not the frame, but the, uh, the wraps for the back because of the amount that I haul. So 
maybe you guys can talk about the different cargo options. There's the box front, seats on the back, different different choices. Uh, what's out there, and, and what can people look for? They're the two big categories: is the is the box front or the ones with the longer racks on the back. A lot of the ones with the longer runs on the back have adaptable mounts for if you're carting kids, if you're carting cargo and that sort of stuff. I think the, the biggest thing is to test ride one to see which one you prefer because they do ride very different. I like the ones with the box out the front. They handle a bit like a cargo ship, but once you get the hang of it, they're so fun to ride. The ones with the, one, with the long back to it, they just handle differently. Depending on the manufacturer will depend on what sort of adapters you can get for each one. A lot of the box ones you can get kid seats that'll fit in there with the seatbelt. Some of the ones that are out the back, you can get the padded things with the sides for kids or with bigger boxes that mount directly to the rack quite securely so that it's all integrated and you're not cable tying milk crates to things like I have done millions of times in the past. So Mike, have, you're, you still ride a cargo bike around, right? Ben? Yeah. So yeah, so you, I think your kids look kind of big to be carting around. So have you transitioned your usage of the bike from during the time that you've had it? I think we might've had it for about three years. We started with the bigger one. So the place that we lease from has two types of turn bikes. They've got a lower center of gravity and they've got the rack out the back. So we were taking both kids in the back and then we just noticed that over time we were doing that not that often. We were maximum one passenger, usually lots of shopping, you know, that is the sort of stuff we were taking. So we downsized to the size below, which is, you can technically. So you haven't thought about changing to a more standard e-bike because you use it for we the just, cargo option. It's so good to do the shopping with. You feel a bit bigger on the road. I know that for my partner and me, really, it feels, you somehow feel stronger and safer, yeah. like a more legitimate road user. And that's a useful kind of feeling to have. So yeah, it's really good for all of those things. I knew some legal questions would come up. So we have the recently updated bike law handbook, which when you, at four o'clock today, you get an email from us thanking you for attending and asking you to answer a survey um, so we get some feedback, but it will also have some really handy links in it, including the Bike Law Handbook, which has specific information in it about, and that's produced by the Law Institute, and it has some good information in it about not just e-bikes, the different types of e-bikes that we mentioned earlier and throttle versus not throttle, but also about riding on the footpath so you can legally ride on the footpath with a child's seat on your bike, but you can't legally ride on the footpath with a cargo bike or a bike trailer. So that's all set out very clearly in the Bike Law Handbook. So we talked about the mothership, the cargo bikes. How about other types of bikes? There's lots of different options out there. I know some fold. Um, people, you know, really love, you know, kind of a portable ones. So can you guys give me an indication? Yeah, what's out there? Pretty much any analog bike, there is an e-bike version nowadays. Folding bikes, e-mountain bikes, e-road bikes, e-flat bar commuter bikes, like there's, most brands will put out an e-bike version of one of their other standard bikes. The folding bikes are interesting because a big advantage of a folding bike is that it's generally lighter than a regular bike but with the added components of an e-bike, it does tend to be a bit heavier, but you can still fold it up and get it on public transport quite conveniently or store it in a caravan. They're generally lighter than the full-size e-bikes. So a lot of people who want e-bikes to put in a caravan to go to around Australia, 
folding e-bikes are generally a go-to because they are lighter. The e-road bikes are great for people who have been, you know, doing group rides all their lives, but now they're just can't be bothered anymore or you know the knees are getting knees are going out or you know there's something that's sort of that fitness element is preventing to keep up with that sort of thing the e-road bikes kind of again it's the flat earth bike it just takes out the hills it takes out the headwind it keeps you on the bike the e-mountain bikes are a whole nother style of riding that has started mountain biking with downhill flow and all of that sort of technical jargon that I'm not a mountain biker. But I've ridden a few e-mountain bikes and they're really fun. Like, they're just a completely different bike and you can take them up hills really easily and that sort of thing. As a recreational one, they're a lot of fun. Pretty much any bike, there is an e-bike version. They're also not governed by road rule use because you're off-road. They're mountain bikes. Mountain bikes, yeah. Uh, How about another... Uh, Sorry. That's actually only true if you're on private roads. Any public trail, still same road rules, same standards apply. CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.